0: Wait. What? We cannot break bread with you. Huh? Becky, what's going on? Wednesday. You have taken the land which is rightfully ours. Years from now, my people will be forced to live in mobile homes on reservations. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. We will sell our bracelets by the roadsides. You will play golf and enjoy hot hors d'oeuvres. My people will have pain and degradation. Your people will have stick shifts. The gods of my tribe have spoken. They have said, do not trust the pilgrims, especially Sarah Miller. Gary, she's changing the words. And for all these reasons, I've decided to scalp you and burn your village to the ground. Finally, monsieur. A waffle-thin meat. Oh, sir, it's only a tiny, little, thin one. The fuck off, I'm full. Oh, sir. Mr. Mayor,
1: fellow members of the city council, in less than two hours, liquor will be declared illegal by decree of the distinguished gentleman of our nation's Congress. To those beautiful, ignorant bastards.
0: and any comment for the record. Uh, they, they say they're gonna repeal prohibition. What will you do then? I think I'll have a drink.
1: Brothers, sisters, siblings.
0: Sentient beings of all nations and planets.
1: Welcome to Old Nerds Drinking. We are live from the Nerd Cave. This is John Patrick, the Master Control Program. Today, uh, we have a special treat. Because of the holiday season, and uh, we're going to be doing some talky-talky about uh, some Prohibition subjects, I decided to do some searching around on the internet looking for Werner's Cocktails. Because if you're from Michigan, ginger ale is Werner's, and that's just the way it is.
0: You can't drink any other kind of ver- ginger ale when you're up here, like Schweppes and all the other ones. They just don't taste right. Canada Dry. Was it Canada, Canada Dry? Canada Dry. Yeah, that doesn't, no, that doesn't work.
1: But to actually truthfully, I prefer Canada dry.
0: Fago has two Verners. They have two ginger yeah, they
1: have down. a regular they have a regular ginger ale. and
0: then they have their version of Verner's.
1: And they, yeah they have their, their version okay. yeah, it's go, it's okay. but so. I mean Verner's is a dollar a two liter still. so I mean yeah. why would you get a cheaper version that costs the exact same amount? So you are drinking the naughty gnome that is one and a half ounces of spiced rum. Uh, Two dashes of bitters topped off with Werners in an old-fashioned glass with ice. I am drinking the Grumpy Old Man Drink, which I've actually had like three different versions of the Grumpy Old Man Drink. And it's basically two ounces of bourbon with either uh, half ounce of lemon and lime and then whatever the hell you want. Sometimes it's just uh, club soda Sometimes it's uh, like I have a sweet tea uh, mixing syrup, and it's mm-hmm. that. So two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of lime juice, and then top it off with Verners.
0: All right, oh, here we go. Blink. Here we go, Ond Nation. This is all right. It's not bad. It's got a um. It's a little bit watered down now from when you first gave it to me, but it's got like a.
1: Yeah, I, I tried that one on on uh, Thanksgiving. I made it after I ate dinner, and man, it is. It is it's smooth. smooth. It's got a yeah. pleasant taste to it. Um, yeah, this is dangerous.
0: A little bit more rum, maybe. I don't, there's there's a taste to it that I can't quite
1: place, mm-hmm. but it is
0: very good. I like it a lot.
1: Yeah. The the Grumpy Old Man drink is basically just a whiskey sour with, yeah. with a little bit of extra fixes. It's good, the, but it's bourbon, so anything with bourbon is good. That's why half the things I make on Thanksgiving have bourbon in them. We have bourbon pecan pie, bourbon glazed ham. I do want to try the bourbon pecan pie.
0: I saw the picture you posted of it. And it looks amazing.
1: Do you have any left?
0: Is it all gone? Oh hell yeah, I got some left. I really want to try some of that before I go.
1: All on right. Well, I, if need be, I can send some home with you. Um, oh
0: man. Yeah, it. I'm.
1: Full disclosure,
0: I'm under the weather right now. I do not have COVID. No. You know, when the holidays hit, you eat. You eat everything. You eat what's thrown in front of you. So. I'm eating all this food. I'm not usually normally eating this stuff because I try to stick with a low-carb, like, keto sort of diet. I try to follow that because the only way I can lose weight. So when the holidays come, it's, like, just shove all this food into my pie hole. So I'm eating all of these, like, really starchy, high-sweet foods and stuff. So it's just, like... I feel like dirt. I I really did not want to come over here and record tonight, but I did. I'm here. Because
1: he's a team (laughs) player, folks. So
0: if I'm off tonight, that is why. I'm just not feeling well because my stomach is like, fuck you. Why did you make us eat this shit?
1: It's, It's all because of your pie hole.
0: It is because of the pie hole. But hey, the um, the the Naughty Gnome, as it is called, is uh, is very good. So hopefully this will make it feel better.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. That That one is going to make my regular cocktail rotation. I'm going to put that in. I got my little binder that I keep all my drink recipes in, and that's going to be in it.
0: Also, full disclosure, I know almost nothing about what me and John are going to be talking about tonight. It's, uh, uh, it's to do with Prohibition, I'm assuming, because it says Prohibition. It is.
1: This is going to be our Repeal Day special because while we are recording today on Black Friday, eleven twenty seven, 2020 December 5th is Repeal Day, which is the anniversary of the repealing of the 18th Amendment and the Volstead Act. A little bit of uh, background is that the Volstead Act was the 18th Amendment. That was what made it illegal for the sale and production of alcohol. And then the 21st Amendment to the Constitution was repealing that. These are This is my favorite facts. My favorite two facts about r- the repealing of the 18th Amendment is that the first state to ratify the amendment was Michigan. Mm-hmm. And the last state that ratified it for the three-fourth majority was Utah.
0: That is not surprising <laughs> at all.
1: Wait a minute. The Mormons were okay. Like even the Mormons were like, "Yeah, Prohibition was not a great idea. <laughs> let's 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 roll that one back."
0: It's just like the amount of of problems and stuff it took to enforce it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, you know, this is this is one of the things that's going to get marijuana eventually passed all over because it's easier just to do it that way. Well, and, and, and that's the
1: thing it. is, is the process for amending the Constitution is. Uh, You have to put forth an amendment. Uh, I believe it has to be approved by the House and the Senate. Mm -hmm. And then it has to be ratified uh, by the governors of three-fourths of the states of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. Marijuana is not prohibited by the Constitution. Correct. It's uh, prohibited by a presidential order. Mm -hmm. So technically, all that needs to happen to end the prohibition of marijuana is another president has to come up. And make an executive order rescinding it.
0: It'll be—it's just a matter of time because, much like alcohol, the money that can be made off the taxation of it—oh yeah—is massive. Uh, so. There
1: were, I think, four states in the last election that had marijuana provisions up for vote, and mm-hmm. all four passed them. Yeah, it's a movement. It's happening. I think it'll happen sooner than later.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. So let's talk. um, Let's talk alcohol. Where do you want to go with this? How do you want to start this?
1: There's some interesting things to talk about with Prohibition. Um, First, first of all, while this is old nerds drinking, one of the things I nerd on is history. And there's a lot of fun stuff here. Prohibition started with the temperance movements of the 19th century aimed to end saloon based political corruption. Uh, that was seen as a highly salacious thing by many very conservative parties was that so much of the American political process happened in saloons. Mm -hmm. And they figured that, oh, hey, if we make it illegal to drink, we end the saloon based of all this political process happening in saloons and bars and taverns and over drinks. And it will bring back the power of the church instead of political process being something that happened in the back room of bars once more it'll go go back to people being connected with the church how much influence that conservative based uh voting blocks have over politicians
0: i am rolling my eyes so hard right now that it hurts
1: well (laughs) uh, why would you roll so hard
0: because religion always tries to make its way into politics oh yeah yeah and this is slight rant i won't make it long so you won't have to edit but it's like this country is all about freedom, 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 unless it has to do with religion coming in and telling people what they can and can't do. Right. But if anybody else comes in and tries to tell people what they can and can't do, oh, freedoms and freedoms and freedoms, but if the church comes in, well, we're the church, so we deem this necessary, so we're going to control what you can say say and do.
1: And that is a huge factor with Prohibition. Mm -hmm. Um, The great idea of Prohibition was the conservative minority of the central United States basically using the same kind of political shenanigans that we're still dealing with now making policy that dictates for the greater United States, even though they're the minority. Mm -hmm. But using things like, oh, well, we have a large number of states voting blocks that even though those number of states have less population, because it's the number of states equals the number of senators, they can get more pushed through.
0: Mm -hmm. Like Utah.
1: Like Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Another big factor of prohibition was the class divide. Uh, It was definitely a movement that was seen by the educated elite that drinking was a vice of the uneducated poor. Couldn't be trusted to make decisions for themselves. They were all ruining their lives with booze. And if we took that temptation away from them, most importantly, they would be more productive workers. Yeah,
0: that went real well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Henry Ford, very staunch supporter of prohibition. Um, A lot of the steel tycoons of New England area were all very big supporters of prohibition because they specifically thought that by decreasing access to alcohol, it would decrease absenteeism in the workplace and increase production in the facilities. It had nothing to do with the wellness of the people. It was all about what was best for business because those people knew they'd be able to get their booze whenever they wanted Mm -hmm. because they're so rich and they're so smart that they could work their way around the system. The system didn't apply to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Again,
0: this all checks out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it all checks out. Now, studies did show that prohibition did lead to a decrease in the rate of liver cirrhosis, alcoholism-based psychosis, because remember, back then, if you got too far into alcohol, you were insane, so we needed to put you in a sanitarium. And it decreased infant mortality. And there was also the associated dramatic decrease of work absenteeism and increase in productivity.
0: Productivity.
1: Productivity. <laughs> and then you get to the cons. Child neglect and violence against children, which was one of the big rallying cries of prohibition amongst the temperance leagues and the women League of Women Voters, was that, oh, alcoholism men get drunk and they take it out on their children. Well, child neglect and violence against children actually increased during Prohibition instead of decrease. And then it led to a catastrophic rise in crime and violence. Uh, The demand for alcohol increased instead of decrease. And it greatly increased the expenditure of taxpayer money trying to police what for most of the the majority of the population was an unpopular law.
0: So I can understand why all of those had happened, because the increase in crime was increasing because people began making their own alcohol, which was a crime. So there, then you've got the movement of said alcohol. You have the opening of speakeasies, Mm -hmm. underground bars and things like that of the city that we're in right now was notorious for.
1: Yeah, we're going to get into some stories about that. Uh, um,
0: Many, many, uh, this particular city that we're in right now, if you're outside of the Michigan and Detroit area. So I can see all of that happening. And then you had people with where we're at right now, Canada is right on the other side of the Detroit River, and there was a lot of smuggling of booze and stuff from Canada into the states. Especially over here, there are which I'm, I'm probably stealing some of your thunder here, so I apologize. Oh, no, 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 go right ahead. Um, there are many houses in, in this city and along the Detroit River in this area that at one time had secret passages and secret docking areas where people would come in at night under the cover of night and pull into these hidden ports to be able to get their alcohol and stuff imported mm-hmm. in from Canada. Uh, there's this. There's a city right by us called Grozil um which is an island with a couple of bridges that go to it it's it's a nice little community they're very up to themselves and stuff off over there but that that island has many many houses over there that to this day still have the secret you know docking spaces and stuff like that where ports you could pull into to you know unload alcohol and things
1: well it's it's a lot of the houses there are right along the river Mm -hmm. um but what they would have are right from the docks they would have covered areas or areas where booze could be unloaded directly from the ships Mm -hmm. and then hidden away under houses. Correct. I have a couple of books here. Uh, One of them is uh, published by the Wyandotte uh, Historical Society. Page. I think
0: pretty much all of the major cities around the Great Lakes were all big export like chicago was another one
1: so by estimations during prohibition 75 percent of all the illegal booze that came into the country that wasn't domestic production from stills across the detroit ontario corridor so there's a huge amount of alcohol and the the way a lot of that happened was in canada they had their own version of prohibition um, they followed the united states But because a large part of their economy is based on the production of alcohol, they had a caveat that you could still legally produce alcohol as long as it was an export or it was being exported to a non-prohibition country. So what would happen is people from the United States would cross the river to these docking ports in Canada in rowboats small sailboats, whatever they could to get across the river. And they would go to the uh, per, er, to the distilleries. They would fill out all the exportation paperwork of what they were buying. And, and un- then not
0: take it there.
1: <laughs> yes. So they would write down the destination as Cuba. Here's the guy, uh, the customs official on the wharf, and he doesn't care because he's they're paying the tariffs on it, which is the most important part. Yeah, that's what Canada cares about. They, oh no, oh, yep, we got one boatload of Canadian whiskey going to Cuba. Well, we will see you, sir. You row yourself all the way to Cuba, <laughs> and it would just come back to the United States. Um, in fact, I remember there was a house in detroit that was on the market maybe about 10 years ago and it was a very famous prohibition house because it had it was uh, right on one of the canals over uh over by uh indian village
0: yeah that's a really cool part of town
1: yeah it is there's a lot of beautiful houses over there and it had a private boat dock and there was a tunnel that led from the boat dock right into the basement of the house where there was an actual speakeasy set up in the house
0: That'd be cool to have nowadays as an actual bar. Oh my
1: god, I know. I, like, if it hadn't have been like a half a million dollar home, I totally would have uh, been for it. It's funny because even in the book that I have, they ha- they show pictures of like these little rowboats up at the dock in Canada being filled to capacity with just cases of booze. Uh, but in addition, there was also uh, a lot of ingenious ways they would get the booze across from. Just plain old speedboats, which a lot of the speedboats that did end up getting caught would then be turned around and used by the revenuers to try and catch other people.
0: So essentially, whatever they whatever they captured, they would just take those boats and turn around and repurpose them to be able to stop the smugglers from bringing alcohol into the country. Exactly. For the most
1: part. Pretty much anything they needed, they could take and say it was, well... Uh, this is this is vital to the uh, the enforcement effort of the Volstead Act during the winter when the lake would freeze over. They would drive cars across, trucks across, anything to get across to Canada. There, that was still the period of time where you could walk across the Ambassador Bridge to yeah. go to Canada. And women would wear these long fur coats and have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I get to see bottles and bottles of. Of alcohol being smuggled through these
1: big fur coats. Uh, what they would do is they would have half a dozen to a dozen hot water bottles that they would fill up with the booze, and then they would have a harness that they wore under the coat. Wow! And then just walk back and forth with them. And and
0: nobody noticed that these women were just walking back and forth across the Ambassador Bridge with overly long, you know, overcoats on. Well, no, because it's kind of like, hey, want to buy a watch? You know, <laughs> hey, want to buy want to buy a bottle of bourbon? Yeah.
1: Well, gin. Was... I think
0: gin was the big thing because it was the easiest to distill back then. Gin and moonshine.
1: Uh, no, well, no, it was uh, whiskey. Because remember, all what was coming across was Canadian. Yeah, that's right, whiskey. Canadian
0: whiskey. Yeah, Canadian was is still. They still are a big producer of whiskey, though. Mm-hmm.
1: They yeah. have their own Canadian whiskey. Yeah, uh, but because they could still produce for uh, international export their brew or their distilleries in in ontario were still cranking out booze
0: that was the time when strohs who was a very prominent brewer in detroit at the time um again they're returning to that thankfully but strohs lost the ability when prohibition kicked and they couldn't make beer anymore so they had to hurry up and figure out what are we going to do now to make ourselves solvent and relevant and they switched over to making ice cream I don't know if there's any Stroh's ice cream places left anymore. Is there still one downtown around here? Oh, yeah, in,
1: the, in downtown Wyandotte. Yeah. They still have a Stroh's, and there's a couple other places around here, and they actually make the ice cream on site. Yeah. So Stroh's
0: ice cream was really
1: good. Oh, it's still really good. And uh, the Stroh's
0: beer. I don't, are they still making that classic recipe? Because I haven't seen it anymore.
1: I have not seen it in a while. Because when that came
0: out, me and you were like, fuck yeah. Oh, and like, yeah. The, we, the, 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 the Stroh... classic
1: Stroh's. Yeah, the Stroh's Bohemian Pilsner. yeah. Oh, that was so good, and I have not been able to find it. I I think they stopped producing it, which really really makes me sad because
0: mm-hmm. there was once a time again for people who don't live in michigan you would have like every every area has their beer i like, think like down in ohio and the southern states is yinglings yingling and then uh, for a while coors was also a very regional beer and then our regional beer was strohs right so people would drive up to michigan to get strohs because you could get it in michigan i think you could get with wisconsin too i don't remember there was a few other places you could get it but you like to get these beers like you have Budweiser now. You've yeah. got all of the big major breweries, and then they've bought out the little breweries and so forth. So beer for a while went through this period of time where if you drank beer, you pretty much had to drink like Budweiser or or Labatt or something like that. You know. So
1: so this this actually ties in really nicely. The second clause of the Twenty First Amendment gave states the right to choose if they wanted to be dry. And it also regulated importation of alcohol between the states. Mm-hmm. Because of that, that is why you saw the regionalism of beer. On top of that, it was also you couldn't move it as fast. Yeah. So like beer had to be bottled and then you had a very, sl- a very small window of how far you could transport it. So that was the other big factor in the regionalization of beer.
0: When did all that end? Oh. Or is it still going? Well, no, obviously it's not still going that way because they make Budweiser down in Ohio. and
1: So, well, think back. Uh, what, is, what is one of the iconic movies of the 1970s? Strange Brew. Uh, well, no. <laughs> I, of course, am talking about Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. Was all about because you couldn't get Coors in one side of the state. Yeah. So Big Daddy... He wanted Coors, and so he hired Smokey and the Bandit to drive all the way out to Colorado to get a... a, I don't know if they had to go all the way to Colorado, but to get a little... Yeah, Coors
0: was Colorado. That's right. It was a silver bullet, yes.
1: Yeah, so they had to get Coors, and then they literally bootlegged it back. Into the 70s, I want to say the 80s is probably when it stopped, because the 80s led to the corporatization Mm -hmm. of brewery.
0: That was when Stroh's got sold off, and the family made a lot of really bad, poor
1: decisions financially. Oh my God! There's a, there's a book about it. I've been meaning to get. Yeah. Uh, that deals with the rise and fall of Stroh's Brewery, uh, but I believe what happened is they eventually sold out to Pabst. Then Pabst was bought uh, by Anheuser Busch. Yeah. And so Stroh, there was like a bunch of brews that were uh, a bunch of like regional beers. That were all under that conglomerate, and yeah. it was Pabst Blue Ribbon, it was Stroh's, it was Schlitz. Schlitz, um, oh my god. Schlitz. Oh, god. Uh, yeah. Ham's
0: and, was another one. Ham's is still around, though. Yeah,
1: and and...
0: Ham's is like the really cheap beer... Like, you go into the store, you only got a couple of bucks and some pocket change that you've dug out of your seat. You want to buy some beer. Everything's expensive. You look over and there's hams, which is like three bucks for a 12-pack or some shit like that. (laughs) The
1: The first beer that ever touched my lip was in high school. A friend of mine was throwing a keg party, and they had a keg of old Milwaukee's Best. Wow. Oh, my God. And that was why I did not drink beer from the time I was a teenager in high school until probably my twenties because all I remembered was the god awful taste. I can of do old worse. Milwaukee's
0: best. I can do worse. The first beer, quote unquote, not beer, to touch my lips was old English malt liquor.
1: Oh. Yeah. I, I partied with some people in my twenties that were all about the uh, natty ice dirty yeah. thirty.
0: Yeah, you're a little bit younger than I am, so or
1: or a forty a camo.
0: Then uh, there was uh, Mickey's for a little while. Mickey's White Mouse. There was Moosehead, which Moosehead was horrid.
1: No, no, we're we are glazing over by far the the most important malt liquor of all time, Colt Forty Five,
0: Colt Forty Five. The for- malt liquor so potent that Lando Calrissian. Did the commercial for it.
1: <laughs> the force flows through you like a Colt 45, 45 through Billy D. Williams. Yep. Don't let the smooth taste of the force fool you. There, <laughs> there is another local podcast in the Detroit area, the uh, IT and the D podcast, and they met Billy D. Williams at a convention and got him to record a drop for their the opening of their podcast. Oh, epic. And it's like... Bob and Dave and I are enjoying a smooth Colt 45. <laughs> <laughs> it's epic. It's like that, that. He even did a commercial for Night Train, I think, didn't he? Or oh, Thunderbird.
0: That was what it was. Thunderbird. Thunderbird and orange juice.
1: Oh, oh, god, that that hurts my soul just yeah, thinking, thinking about, about it. it. Yeah.
0: The first actual alcohol since. If I may go a little bit further. Oh, go right ahead. I think I talked about this when me and you went on our mass search for the um, for the 12 pack of of Christmas beer which eventually we'll get into, the very first thing that I ever drank when I turned of age to buy alcohol was Mad Dog 2020 Orange Jubilee. Oh. Yeah, it was rough. It was bad. But much like everybody, when you turn 21 and you go buy, it's a rite of passage going and buying your own alcohol. And, of course, I'm like, I'm old enough to drink now. I don't know what the fuck I'm buying. I want alcohol. I don't have a lot of money. Give me that fine, sir. And I drank it. I was like, this is horrid. And it just about damn near killed me. But I'm like... This is this is life. This is you give, know.
1: Give me that neon Kool Aid color. Yeah,
0: yeah. They, like the the blue and the orange and all. Oh that. Yeah. yeah. and then there's
1: the red, like the
0: red red wine one.
1: And so then yeah, um. I remember when I was in high school, the drink of choice of most of the underage teenagers Boone's was, Farm. Boone's yep. Farm Arbor Mist.
0: Yep, I've had I've had much Boone's Farm. I really have. Um, I could drink a whole bottle of Boone's Farm and it do nothing to me, which isn't surprising because there's not a lot in it. It's like drinking a big, giant wine cooler.
1: It really is.
0: Do you remember when uh, Bartles... See, you might be... Again, you're younger no, than I am. I but... was going
1: to say, I remember Bartles and James. I remember Zima. I was Zima.
0: That's where I was going next. Do you remember Zima Gold?
1: No, I don't remember Zima Gold. But... I drink
0: a good share of Zima. There's, yeah. There's there's a lot of Zima in my liver.
1: So, uh, a few years ago, Zima came back.
0: Yes, it did. it did really well.
1: And, uh... Another friend of mine who podcasts, uh, Dave the Nerd, We he ran he runs a uh, every once in a while podcast called uh, I'm Thirsty, and one of my first podcast appearance ever was co-hosting with him on episodes of I'm Thirsty, where we just gather random stuff to drink, and we did a whole episode on Zima, and of the two other podcasters there, I was the only one who was old enough to remember when Zima was around the first time.
0: God, I remember it. And I remember when Zima Gold came out, the slogan was, "Something different. And okay. I was sitting down with uh, a mutual friend of ours, his brother. I remember that slogan. And uh, he goes, so he goes, how is something different taste? I said, it tastes like zit. Because <laughs> <laughs> it did. Like Zima was weird because it didn't quite have, a. that was like, I think okay. that came out was like during the whole the whole clear kick, like when they came out with Crystal Pepsi,
1: you know. Yeah. It, it would, it seems, it feels like it would be around that time period, yeah. but that time period is like a decade of fuzziness.
0: That was like the first generation of like... Like you have the Smirnoff coolers and stuff now, but Zima was the one that said, hey, here's a drink that's... It, it, it was
1: different. It was mm. clear and it, it
0: didn't it didn't have a taste quite like anything out there because up to that point you had Bartles and James wine coolers and, and that it, was the beginning of the malt drinks. And it was
1: carbonated, which yeah. a lot of the other ones wasn't. It, yeah. it literally tasted like Pepsi and then there would just be this weird malty yeah. aftertaste that was so different from the like citrusy taste. It was of...
0: beer for people who didn't like to drink beer but yeah. still wanted to be drinking in a social setting. So yeah. anyways, we should probably loop back around to where we left off with the whole, you know, the 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 wreath, the, the whatchamacallit thing.
1: Prohibition yeah, and so repeal Pro- Pro- day. Yeah, repeal day. Duh. <laughs>
0: because um, that's how me and you, we get we get into these rants and then like later on you edit so much shit out of the show and I want to kind of keep that to a minimum out, But
1: go ahead. No, actually we're keeping this pretty close to, uh, as long as we're talking about alcohol, we're good. In one of the other shows, I'm not sure, I think it, it might have been back in issue two when we did the Halloween episode. We mentioned about the uh, the old house distilleries in dot. Yes. And there were several cases of just these massive distillery operations going around in people's houses in our city. Yeah. Um, I they're... may
0: still have that going on in my house right now, but well, I'm not sure.
1: Go but ahead. Yeah. <laughs> a entire house that was a still where they seized thousands of gallons of alcohol and thousands of gallons of mash there, there were a lot of interesting stories uh the more research i did to find out about this area and my hometown even during prohibition we we played a big part in a lot of the uh more colorful tales members of the purple gang had houses in wyandotte um a lot of other italian mobsters had uh, would run stuff through wyandotte or through detroit uh, Al Capone spent time in Detroit the hotel where I work uh, the book Cadillac downtown there is records of him staying there for various meetings with various other
0: it's actually um there's a place that I like to go to there's places that I have to go to and I need to clear my head or think or whatever mm-hmm. there's one uh down towards the southern part of Michigan which has got a little lighthouse there and I there's this bar there that used to be one of the hideouts Legitimately, one of the hideouts for Pretty Boy Floyd, and um, it's—I can't remember what the name of the bar is at this point—but there's this neat little lighthouse. There's this little tiny town there, and this bar like prides itself on how it used to be a big gangster hideout, and they've got pictures of the mugshots of the gangsters and all over the on the outside of it. And then they've got these two Tommy Gun vodka bottles Uh that are like bolted to the wall, but they're actually they're bottles of vodka that are shaped like Tommy Guns, but they're empty, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. I know know
1: the exact. Uh, Johnny Max in downtown Wyandotte, the place I took you to to get the Christmas pack of stouts.
0: That's a story in itself. Let's tell that one real quick.
1: Okay. So so Rochester Mills Brewery, every Christmas, puts out their 12 Days of Christmas stouts. Yeah, the
0: 12 Beers of Christmas.
1: Um, They're all milkshake stouts. And they're almost all delicious. There's a couple of duds in the bunch, but but
0: there's usually like you like the one year they had one. It was like a peppermint milkshake style. Yeah, they had a peppermint. It's gross.
1: Yeah, they had a peppermint but, milkshake style. They've had a blueberry pie milkshake yeah. style. Or no, it was blueberry pancake milkshake style.
0: Yeah, and that was still out for a little while in the summertime too. But anyhow, when these when these cases of beer come out they're much sought after and very rare well this year because of covid it's even more so because their production has been more limited so john and myself have been looking for these these cases of beer to come up so every time i want to pop up i'd send a picture i found them here i found them there last week i was finally like you know what let's let's go on an adventure and see if we can actually find a case of this shit and we uh went to one shop and uh no they didn't have it so he's what did you call the place the hobo hobo heaven
1: So uh, there is a liquor store in Wyandotte called Johnny Max. They started out as a corner store a block away from my house, and then the dad ran it and the son worked there, and then the dad retired, and now the son owns it. They moved into a a new building, and this building is walking in there is like you died and went to wino heaven.
0: Yeah, if you're in a 12-step program, like when you walk into this place, it's like walking into the gates of heaven where, like, Oh, like the doors open and this bright radiant glow of light comes out and it's just rose and rose and like, like it's it's the liquor store where it's got like, like you walk in there and it's got like the 17 foot high oh yeah, wall of one liquor. And a half,
1: one and a half story ceiling yeah. with a entire floor to ceiling wall of booze. With a really high ladder that you got to climb yeah, that they, moves back and they've forth. They've got one of those library ladders yeah. that slide back and forth that you've got to go up to get the top shelf stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, do you have blah blah blah? And she's like, yeah. And she looks way way up the top up there. Now it was you, and you got something like that. So she had to climb way the hell up there. And I walk in, and I'm like, we're looking for the twelve beers of Christmas. We've been on this quest to find them. Do you guys have any left? And the guy's like, yeah, we got like three cases or something left. And I'm like, <sighs> and the woman's like, is it really that good? And I'm like, yeah, it's really that good. Yeah, oh god, it's, really it's really so good. good. So I grab it, and I'm hugging it and holding it and embracing it. And the woman starts laughing. I'm like, no, you don't understand. We've been on a quest for this shit for like weeks now to get this to get this beer. And uh, which one did you drink? Are you already had one?
1: I had the English toffee stout. Yeah, which is one of my personal favorites. And
0: I think I—I I don't know if I had the carrot cake one or not. I don't remember which one that I had. I yeah, took I one home.
1: I think you—I think you took the carrot cake one. Maybe it wasn't. No, it was
0: the red velvet. I took the red oh, velvet. red velvet. Yeah. yeah, I
1: knew it was some kind of cake. So I sat around and had like a little
0: fire in my backyard, and i, I drank that. And it was really good. I was going to drink that tonight, but wasn't refrigerated. So John decided to throw a dirty gnome at me, which is I, actually I like this a lot. It's a, it's a better Yeah, choice,
1: sadly so. space was at a. Pretty Premium due to uh, Thanksgiving. So even though we couldn't have family members over, we still had to have a 20-pound turkey and a Yeah, ham. I think
0: everybody did that. Like Everybody got the turkey way, way bigger than they needed because... They're just used to buying big turkeys for families, and no families were there this year. So
1: oh, forget yeah. that. That just we knew there were no family members. It was just like hmm, we just still want to eat turkey for like three days after Thanksgiving. Oh, I
0: love turkey though. I've got no problem eating turkey for a week after.
1: I'm not a big. I'm not as big of a turkey person, but I'm a ham person. Like oh, uh, my God. see, I'm not. And it's like I'll deep fry a turkey in the middle of summer.
0: It'll be oh. like 110 outside, and I'll pull out the deep fryer and be like, let's cook this shit. And the wife's like, all right, whatever. Oh,
1: no, no. Because, like, as I mentioned earlier, I will do a root beer bourbon Sammy. Okay.
0: Uh-oh. Here comes the cat. Here comes the cat to fuck up the show, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. What's going on? Stepping on the keyboard. No. Well,
1: nope. No, I got her off the keyboard. She knocked around the microphone a little bit. Yeah. But she came up to say hi, so everybody drink. We had a cat sighting.
0: Okay. Hold on here. Case Cat sighting.
1: Yep. Cat sighting. I do a bourbon root beer glazed ham
0: that I would be interested in trying because I'm not like plain ham I got to have something sweet or something on it you know I've got to have the sweet to offset the saltiness of the ham
1: all right so 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 yeah the the bourbon root beer glazed ham you take a ham I despise those super 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 sweet hams oh not me oh no like like the people who do the the maraschino cherries and the... the in my hand. Pineapples. Raisin' oh, my hand. Fuck that shit. Yep. So what I do... Maple glaze, I'm all about it. Yep. Oh, no. I, I want my d- ham to give me diabetes.
0: Diabetes.
1: I take whole cloves, and I, like, stab the cloves oh, in the man. ham. Wow, okay. okay. Cloves are so strong. They, they are. You have to listen to the whole process. I'm listening. So then I get, like, a 20-ounce bottle of root beer, put that in a just saucepan get the fizz out of it, Mm -hmm. I will add a little bit of honey, a little bit of brown sugar, and then some Mm -hmm. cinnamon, some cloves, the earthy spices. Mix that to combine. Pour half of that on the ham. Um, So put that on the ham, put it in the oven. 15 minutes per pound, that's about how long it has to cook. While it's in the oven, I will take the little uh, baster thing and baste it so it's got a good glaze on it. When it is about half an hour from being done, I will take it out of the oven, take the cover off of it. I just take handfuls of brown sugar and slap it on the ham.
0: This is a person who just said they don't want their ham to taste like Wolford Brimley's penis or um, blood or whatever. No, penis. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, that'll work. Yeah. It is
1: <laughs> It is completely the fruity okay. sweet because the fruity sweetness changes the characteristics of the ham.
0: Since we've talked about Verner's, are you a fan of the Verner's ham?
1: Um, this is kind of like the Werner's ham, but I like the root beer. It complements a little better. You take that and you just slap the brown sugar on the ham. And what happens is, if you've ever seen honey glazed hams. Oh, yeah. You know how they get that wonderful, delicious glaze on the honey glazed ham? Yeah. Yeah. They take giant cups of brown sugar, toss it on the ham, and hit it with a blowtorch. Yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. Put it back in the oven and throw it on broil. Mm Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is the broil is going to caramelize the sugar on there. It's going to actually cook the uh, cloves to where they're, they're almost burned and smoke the ha- or give the ham a smoky flavor.
0: I'm not a big fan of cloves, but I will reserve judgment until I try what you make.
1: Yeah, because the, And then the first thing I do when I take it out of the oven is I pull all the cloves out of it. So you're not eating the cloves. Yeah. They're there to just add a little smokiness to the ham. That is my special ham. And my bourbon pecan pie is actually a recipe I shamelessly stole from Alton Brown. His original recipe is weird. It calls for, like, cayenne pepper, cumin, and... (sighs) Yeah. Mm. I made it exactly to his recipe one year the spiciness of it balances out the sweet but nobody else in the house liked it
0: i so, can't see cumin being in a pie
1: yeah and i mean it's a small amount of it it's one of those things that you know it feels like fancy chefs just put this weird stuff in so they can oh well this adds you a know what i know I've, i got an idea that me and you should do something i are are,
0: are you a fan of yam sweet potatoes
1: oh god no Oh, I, man. Okay. I despise yams. I've oh, never... I love yams.
0: But the way you're talking, it gives me this idea. Too bad you don't like them because it would be a cool idea for me and you to sit down to make, like, a bourbon sweet potato mm-hmm. con- concoction of some kind. Because the way you're saying it about the pecan pie, I could totally see bourbon fitting into some kind of sweet. Uh, like, with me, I-, I love yams. But my recipe is I'll take uh, crushed pineapple a couple of cans of yams, I'll mix it with some uh, maple syrup and a little bit of brown sugar and I'll toss all that together and I'll cook them on the stove till it all melts together and then I'll dump that onto the yams, mix them all up and of course I throw the marshmallows on top of them and I'll throw that in the oven and you know, I'll, let, I'll let the marshmallows bake down and get that nice crusty brown texture to the top of the marshmallows. But... I can't really cook at bourbon with the fa- with bourbon with the family that I've got. Whereas you are a little bit more adventuresome. But the problem is you don't like yams. So this whole conversation is a complete waste of time for us to have. Because I feel that with your knowledge of cooking with bourbon and doing these kinds of things, that you could probably make some really interesting and good yams. Because mm. you're not overboard on the sweetness. But if you don't like yams themselves, yeah. Then, and you know.
1: and in most of these recipes, you're talking about like the way you make the pie is first you candy the pecans. Yeah. So you put them in, a, I, have, I have a cast iron pan, I toast them in the cast iron pan, and then it's butter, brown sugar, a little bit of salt, mm-hmm. two tablespoons of bourbon, and it makes this molasses kind of caramel. You coat all the pecans in that, then put them on a cookie sheet, and let them dry for the night. Mm-hmm. And then you take those, and then you use those to make the, in the filling of the pecan pie.
0: So where's the bourbon come into play?
1: Well, there's bourbon in the caramel that you make, mm-hmm. and then when you make the pie filling, there's bourbon in the pie filling.
0: How much of the alcohol content actually, how much of the alcohol stays into it as opposed to baking out when you're making this?
1: Oh, almost, almost none. Like, when you, when you cook with bourbon, um, the alcohol evaporates, so you're just ah. getting the flavor of it. It's not, yeah. it's not made to make you drunk.
0: Yeah, but it'd be nice to eat a pie and get a good little bourbon buzz off of it.
1: (laughs) Well, see, that's the trick. The secret to my bourbon pecan pie is to use a almost empty bottle of bourbon so that I can put in the bourbon for the pie. And then it's like, well, there's half a cup of bourbon. Might as well not put it to waste. And that's when the day drinking starts on holidays. Man. I, this year, I... So daddy's first bourbon on Thanksgiving was at 10 o'clock in the morning.
0: This year, my family, I won't go into details about my in-laws. They have very um, specific political views views that are in sharp contrast to some of my own political views. And it has a lot to do with what's going on. I won't go into a big thing about it. This year in particular, I did not want to go because of the COVID thing. But I was, I was told, you have no choice. You must participate in the family function. So um in prepping for the family function I imbibed in a in an edible not a full edible to to the fullest extent as I would normally do because I didn't want to be out of it I didn't want it to be you know which this is something that you know families do you know hey let's go for a walk bro and then you know you and the cousin go for a walk you smoke a joint you come oh, back
1: so so there was a there was an article on the onion yesterday and it was Man, thousands of miles from his family, smoking pot and eating Taco Bell, has best Thanksgiving of his life. I would have, I, I, yeah, I, I had a friend that was making a pot of chili,
0: and she was like, this is my Thanksgiving. I'm like, I would be any anything in the world to be there right now eating chili. And she had gone fishing as well, and I was like, I would I would give anything in the world to be there. So anyhow, I did the edible thing, just just not enough to get super like buzzed off my ass or whatever. But when I do eat edibles, I tend to get very bad cotton mouth, and the munchies kick in really hard. Now having Thanksgiving, when you're in that state, it was like I'm just going to load my plate up until it looks like the fucking Leaning Tower of Piso. So. <laughs> not to be outdone there was another family member of mine who did outdo me and it was like Jesus Christ but you know but anyways so i'm just like sitting there like stuffing my face and i i got over full and so i'm just like oh my god i'm going to die but it's like the munchies are still like, yeah, you're still hungry. You know, there, there's pie up there. You should like, go eat some pie. I'm like, no, I'm full. I'm full. I don't want to eat. No, you no, shut no. your
1: whore mouth and you, fill it with pie.
0: You, you need to go eat some pie. No, I'm fine. I don't want to eat anymore. My stomach is full. My body is full. My brain just needs to shut up. Dude, dude, it's it's Dutch apple pie. Like you can you can just get a piece of pumpkin pie and just dump a whole fucking container of cool whip on it. Man. You wanna do it. You know you wanna do it. I don't wanna do it. You wanna do it. Fuck it, I'm doing it. Okay, that's right, let's go. So, <laughs> so uh, this is me on Thanksgiving Day, like I hate these people. I don't wanna be here. Nom, 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 nom,
1: You're filling the emotional void in your life with yeah, pie.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile my stomach, my intestines are all like give me their version of a middle finger. My brain is going, yeah, this is all right. This is cool. You can deal with this. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I did. I died. I'm still I'm still the veximate from right now. You know, it's it's one of those kind of things. So,
1: yeah, that uh, that was
0: my Thanksgiving.
1: So when I make Thanksgiving or any holiday dinner, really, I'm usually the one doing a lot of the cooking um, and our family functions. So what inevitably happens is I am grazing on food from like eight o'clock. And oh, Tammy's back. So yeah, I am grazing on food from eight o'clock in the morning till dinner is served between two and three. And by the time food is served, I am so full that while the rest of the family is eating, I go into another room and take a nap for about an hour.
0: You know what was missing this year? There are certain movies that they always come on during the holidays. And when they come on, you just have to watch them. It's usually one of the original three Star Wars trilogies mm-hmm. or it's also Harry Potter and mm-hmm. I know you're not a Harry Potter person I am I can watch the Harry Potter movies um it, the Harry Potter's in very in, in, for many reasons was kind of the, like we were, we were on but we had Star Wars we were Star Wars nuts. yeah when Harry Potter came along there wasn't really a lot of Star Wars movies going on so that became that generation's Star yeah, Wars
1: very very much yeah Harry Potter was for my daughter what Star Wars was for us exactly.
0: And they're decent movies. They really are. I I have no, like, my I got kids reading again. Great, no problem. But that was missing this year. When you sit down in between eating and stuff like that, you turn on the TV, like, you've got the people that have to watch football, and then you've got people like us that are like, (laughs) oh, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back is on. I've seen this movie three hundred yeah, and forty. i got to totally, watch it. We're
1: totally, gotta gotta we're totally watch it. fucking watching this.
0: And here comes the Hothwampa, and there's Luke reaching with the Force to grab the lightsaber, and I'll see you in hell. They smell worse on the inside. We know all the lines, but oh. we got to watch it, because it's the holidays. So, you know... And it's also Lord of the Rings marathons, too. That's, that's the new, more recent one, you know.
1: It is very much a tradition. When I was young and growing up, we, way back in the day when Comedy Central was a channel that not a lot of markets had, my aunt in Trenton, her, her cable service had Comedy Central. And I would go in the basement and hang out with the kids and... The adults would all be upstairs, and there was a TV down there, and it just happened to be on Comedy Central one time on Thanksgiving, and they were showing the annual Thanksgiving Mystery Science Theater 3000 Marathon.
0: I know what? I got home and watched that when I got home with the family. It was on again.
1: So that was the first place ever that I saw Mystery Science Theater 3000, and the first MST3K episode I ever saw was Santa Claus versus the Martians? Yes. So that is yes. Last night, after everything was done and there wasn't a lot to do, I popped on Amazon Prime and I watched Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yep,
0: that's appropriate. That is appropriate. I, yeah,
1: I, th- I think it was. I think it was a Christmas though. I don't think it was on Thanksgiving because we always had Thanksgiving at our house, so it must have been a Christmas. But yeah, like, will Christmas you allow May- me to go on a rant? I can, can I can I do a rant? You can do a rant.
0: Okay, I'm gonna do a ranty thing. First off, I got to do a minor what the fuck rant. You have a neighbor across the street from you that throughout the entire year they always have these Christmas icicle lights on in front of their house. Across you know which one I'm talking about, right? It's, uh, it's across the street. They always have these Christmas icicle lights on. Mm-hmm. In the middle of summer, they had these Christmas icicle lights on. So Halloween, you know, comes along and everything. I pull up and I look over and they're not on. Like this is the time of year when those lights should be on. They're still on the house. But they're not on. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with that? So you'll have the Christmas ice cold lights on like July July 7th. Like 120 degrees out at night. You know, you're sweating. You're, you're dying, your balls are just roasting because it's humidity. There's the Christmas tree lights outside. Okay, what the fuck? This year, He doesn't have them up. He turned them off right before Christmas. Go figure. Second crazy rant. I've got a few, but I'm going to keep this one done. I have this one family member. We'll go over and we'll have Christmas Eve at the family's house. The in-laws' house. Blah, 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 blah then comes over to Christmas Day, that family will come to our house and they will scarf on whatever leftovers we had from that night and we'll make like the traditional big giant pot of soup and make a big giant sub out of this, like the big huge loja bras that you ride stores. So I've got this one family member and he'll always come over and be like, what, what, what movies did you get for Christmas? Last year it was Solo, a Star Wars story. And I'm like, I got this. I'm like, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to watch it. And I'm like, I really don't want to watch it. I want to watch it later with the family, you know, with right. the wife or whatever. I don't want to watch it in this setting. I want to actually enjoy the movie because once you put it on there, it's going to mess it up. And then the other family member like, no, let him do what he wants. He can do what he wants, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's my fucking house. But okay, so. He then puts the movie in, and it's not bad enough that he's watching the movie, but he also has to watch it with subtitles on the screen. Subtitles drive me nuts. Unless I'm watching like an anime or something like that where it's got the American subtitles on the bottom, I think Brotherhood of the Wolf is one of the few movies that I could watch with subtitles on the bottom. So now I have to watch the movie half ass And I don't want to watch it. And then he's watching it with the subtitles in the bottom of the screen. And it's pissing me off because it's like, now I'm not going to go back and watch this movie because I can only watch bits and pieces of it because you're watching it now and you're watching it with subtitles. And it irritates the hell out of me. And he'll always do this too; Like, they won't finish the movie. He'll be like... Can I borrow the movie? I'll I'll bring it back when I'm done. Okay.
1: Absolutely not.
0: No, they borrow the movie, and then like seven months down the road, oh, oh here's your here's your solo Star Wars. Story.
1: Yeah, yeah. Here's here's DVD the thing. Back.
0: I'm like, thanks. I've already watched it on Netflix. Dick. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. So, here's the thing. I don't lend movies to fucking anyone.
0: Yeah, I'm like that with books a lot of times because I'll never see. Oh them
1: no, no, no uh books very specifically i have a very short list of people i will lend books to
0: and i've got two of them right now one of them i've got one of them
1: right so but here is the social agreement is i will hand you the book and i say this is the contract this book will return to me in exactly the shape it was lent to you or you will buy a new one yeah you will replace it yeah i can can respect that i'm fine with that because i have done that people have lent me books and something has happened and i will go out and replace it because it's like, no, dude, that you don't do that.
0: Because of my other show, you know, I get a lot of books from authors and stuff, of Paranormal or Magic or whatever sorts. So I have this giant library. And then somebody's like, hey, you've got that book on such and such. Can I borrow it? And I'm like, ooh. ooh. Man. So I'm very careful about what books I loan to people. And I've lost, like my library is very big, but I've lost a significant portion of it just from giving books to people and never seeing them again. Right. But
1: you know? the, the thing with me is I'm not a person who rereads books a lot. But I do read a lot. so like Yeah, but
0: you're like me. You enjoy having a library.
1: Yeah. But I realize that I don't have as much space. So now if I buy like cheap paperbacks of stuff and I read it and I know I'm never going to reread it again or if it's not something I collect, I just give them away to people now. Mm -hmm. I don't even care. It's just like here. It's like... Oh, yeah, I was read, reading this book. I think you will like it. Here, have it.
0: What was the term from Battlestar Galactica that uh, Admiral C- uh, Commander Adamus said? A good book is never borrowed, it's given? Yeah. that's That was a line from that show. Well,
1: and, and, and funny you should mention that because I do not have a personal copy of Neuromancer, which is quite literally my favorite book of all time. You don't, really? No, because what happens is I will buy a copy of Neuromancer and then somebody will come to the house and who they'll say, like I'll meet somebody new and it'll be like, Well, oh, have you ever read Neuromancer? And they'll be like, no, no, I've never read it and I'll just hand them off my copy.
0: Well, I was gonna buy you a copy of Neuromancer for Christmas, but the grounds is that you if I get you a copy of Neuromancer, you must keep it.
1: I have been looking diligently. I want a first edition paperback of Neuromancer. Oh shit. Yeah, don't you do not have to get me that. Damn it. Um, I, I do, I have a special place in my heart for rare books and that's one of the rare books I would like to have. And it's a thing that, you know, a lot of times the first editions are always these like really nice leather bounds or these really nice hard covers. But Neuromancer wasn't that. It was, its first edition was a paperback. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's super cool that it's, it was meant to be kind of this, throwaway novel that was just supposed to be the genre novel of the week
0: which is kind of like the culture that the book talks about though right yeah because everything is it's 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 dystopian future and everything's just kibble and garbage and
1: stuff oh yeah on you know, the yeah. book so oh don't worry we are doing a whole cyberpunk episode that will probably be the first episode of 2021 what else do you have to talk about for the holiday not much? That's you, pretty much it. you know you got it, you that know, off pretty your much chest. Just,
0: well, it's like this year it's 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 covid. So you know, you know, it's not quite like even when Halloween was here, it didn't feel like Halloween. It didn't. you know, like this this is definitely the year that everything's gonna be taken off. The vaccines are on the way. there's three of them on the way. There's more coming. So I know next year will be different, and it will be better.
1: I think know. I think Thanksgiving this year was everybody got a mulligan. Everybody got a freebie. The, the Everybody gets one. Not and me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> not you. Not me. You know, a lot of people have toxic family members. Yeah,
0: it's and hard, a, even a, it's harder this year because of the election. Well, and I here.
1: was just about to say, and a lot of those toxic family members are going to be especially toxic this yeah. year. So being able to say, no, no, we're not doing anything for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it's a government mandated order. Gave you a free pass to just not have to listen, not be that around your toxic. People. Yeah, you. Now, my kids didn't want to be there. And I
0: said, you know what? I love you guys. I support you. I understand this. And I'm behind you on it. Now, the rest of the family was not so cool with that. And I said, no. My kids are grown-ass kids. It's their decision. And I'm um, kind of envious, but hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they said, no, they said, Dad, we're not going to be there. I said, okay, that's great. I, I get it. I love you. There's nothing wrong with this decision. I'll roll with it.
1: <laughs> you, should, you should have asked, can, can I come to your place?
0: I did, but, again, I was not. Had I been given the option to not go, I probably would have I would have preferred to have spent it with one of my kids, even if I had to sit six feet away and just do whatever and just sit. Because, again, like, this is one of the things we could talk about with drinking, like, there's a cool thing when you're a parent and you raise responsible kids. That when your kids become old enough, there's nothing quite like sitting down and actually having a drink and, and talking with your kid. Like you have your kids, oh, yeah, and then they yeah. become adults, and you get a different kind. You're still you're still the dad. You're still the parent, but you have a different kind of relationship because now you're looking at them as an adult. Right. And there's nothing quite like sitting down. And having your first drink or getting really drunk with your kid is your kid's getting drunk and getting drunk with your kids. Yeah. And there's nothing quite like it. My first time, my oldest daughter, me and my daughter got drunk in Vegas. My wife doesn't drink. And at the time, my son in law didn't drink. He does a little bit now. But me and my daughter, we just got hammered off of our asses in Vegas and we had a riot. We laughed our asses off. And that is one of those memories that I'm never, ever going to forget because my daughter had arrived. She was now an adult and we could treat her, we could treat each other like adults and it was like i'm actually we're sitting down we're getting drunk we're having a really good time this is fun we're both being responsible and it felt really really good so there was another time when we played we went to a party and we played beer pong and me and my daughter just wrecked everybody (laughs) like me and my daughter just walked in and we just dominated the party with beer pong like we kicked everybody's ass like we took no shit um and again that was another great moment you know but like I would have rather have gone back to, us saying, gone over to my daughter's house and said, all right, what are we drinking? Let's sit around and let's let's watch yeah. TV or let's watch whatever and, and have a couple of beers and laugh about how the rest of the family is driving us nuts. And I would have greatly have preferred to do that more than anything in the world. Um, I did eventually end up going over there later on and hanging out with her and we did have a couple of drinks together. But I know it sounds weird, but there's just that moment when your kid is of age to where they're an adult and you can be an adult with them it's it's this really cool feeling it know? is
1: and if you raise them right it's, yeah it's... like i
0: have not my, my daughters are both very responsible with their alcohol and what they do um they're very very responsible so like when my daughter used to go out and go to a party and stuff i'd be like if you get drunk give me a call and my son-in-law would be like i don't drink i got her i'm like cool it's all taken care of then you know but if she ever did get drunk there's like you know if she ever did get messed up and said dad i'm really drunk i can't drive you come get me i'm on my way sweetie no questions asked you know but they're they were just responsible people mm-hmm. and You know, it's just one of those things that I was looking forward to for so long. I'm like, I can't wait till you're old enough to where we can talk like adults and do things like adults and stuff like that. It was a really special bond. And so my daughter messages me taking this all the way back around to the family thing. She was like, anytime somebody in the family does something stupid or says something weird or whatever, I want you to text us because every time something strange or weird happens, I won't go into detail, they're going to take a shot. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) sweetie, I can't do that. I'm going to make you into an alcoholic. Oh,
1: you're going to die.
0: And she's like, I'm young. My liver can handle it. I'm like, yes, it can. Yes, it can. I mean, this is the time where you do these stupid things. I'm like... Uh, so I had to make a parental decision of, okay, this just happened. Do I text my daughter and tell her, hey, such and such just said this or such and such did that? There were many times I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I'm not going to do this because I love my kids and because I don't want to damage my kid's body in this way. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it for my holiday stories. And you know, the food was pretty much mediocre. I did the usual stuff that I usually do. I'm usually in charge of making the desserts and stuff. This year I didn't because there just wasn't the whole family there. But I usually, because I know how to
1: make like. And, and the family that was there you kind of hate.
0: Well, I don't hate them, but they're just, there's like, I don't I don't push my views onto anybody. I have my views. And then now in this day and age, you definitely don't talk politics and religion. You just definitely do not in this day and age. It's very bad. So I I do the method acting routine where I'll remember how I I remember how it is to keep your mouth shut and respectful and just bite your tongue, and I act that way until I get out of there. Then I get in my car and I slam my head against the steering wheel over and over again while clank cranking a Henry Rollins liar CD or something as loud as it will possibly go. To the point where you can't even understand what the hell he says. This is like Aah! and I'm just like ah smash it in my head. <laughs> or I'll listen to the first like first four Black Sabbath records over and over again as how as it it'll go with my headphones on, staring at my cute computer oh. to mellow out.
1: You but, you have a standing offer from me if you would ever like to go to your house for a, a family get together, and when your crazy in laws start to get crazy I will just go off. It won't do any good. It won't. It, it's, it See, that's another thing. Like, some
0: people, what's the line from the, what's the line, Cool Hand Luke? There's some people you just can't reach. Oh, no, no, no.
1: I'm not going to reach them. I'm yeah, just going to, gonna, time. I'm just going to, every <clears throat> time they start talking, go, shh. No, no. Just shh. shh, shh don't yeah, talk. It
0: wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Yeah. It's, Look it's, at me I'm zippy
1: long stacking. It's kind
0: of like. Spending the time with the family is kind of like going and getting your annual prostate exam. It's just something that you have to do to get it over with. You, however, may enjoy getting the prostate exam, so that's probably a poor example. Mm-hmm. But... Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't kink shame on this podcast.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and uh, drop the spoiler warnings, because we've got some spoilers to talk about for the oh. Mandalorian.
1: Once again, this is the Master Control Program from the Edit Suite. At this point, we once again launch into a long conversation about The Mandalorian, which didn't really fit the earlier theme of the episode. So at this point, we are going to break the episode off, end it here. All of our Mandalorian content will appear as a bonus episode sometime later this week. Remember, you can find us on the Facebook group for Old Nerds Drinking. You can contact us by email at oldnerdsdrinking at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at Old Nerds And we hope you enjoyed this show. End of line. Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now!
0: So... What's the plan? Take car, go to Mum's, kill Phil, Sorry. grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over.
1: i well write him off. Let's close up the bridge. Let's get out of here. Close it up, light's out. Where are you headed, cowboy? Nowhere special. Nowhere special. I always wanted to go there. We're going streaky! All right, move on! Nothing to see here! Please
0: disperse! Nothing to see here, please!